Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello, and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Linda McDougall. Linda's background was working with the developmentally disabled population. She has since moved to helping seniors through massage. Linda wrote the book, The Spirit Method of Massage for Seniors, Raising the Bar, a Primer for Massage Therapists and Caregivers. Welcome, Linda. How are you today? I am wonderful. And how about yourself? I'm great. And I'm so happy to have you with us today. So tell us why you decided to write your book and why you think massage is so important for seniors. The book came out of seeing that people weren't aware in the same way that massage therapists are aware of what they're seeing in front of them. And things that needed to be addressed that weren't being because they don't see as we see. And that's why I think it's important for caregivers and massage therapists, because we both kind of need to see the same thing so that we're working on the same things together. Because when we go, there's follow-up needed with the seniors through the caregivers. So that's what I would love to see happen all the time. (laughs) Right. So you want to be able to work with those caregivers and you want them to understand how important you are, but that you and them together can do so much more good. When you work together, it multiplies the good that was done with the massage, correct? Exactly. And and not just with the massage, but when we look at the the mobility devices, the canes, the walkers, things like that, they need to know how to help those people use them to their best advantage. So that's really important. And I don't see that done too often. I I have helped a few people do it over the years. And I've seen people do it without my help too. And I go, yay. (laughs) Because you say it's really important for if they're using a walker, that the walker be adjusted to their height to them. It can't just be a standard walker that you just hand to them and say, go ahead. Right, right. Because if they're hunching over, that's not good. That's too high for her. So it's going to do different types of damage. This is a cane that's too low. Ah. And so you see the damage in the body there, even if you don't see it. Think about it. If you put your body in that shape you can start feeling the aches and the pains and where they're beginning to gather because of that posture. And it's really, really, really important for posture to have good bone health. And many of our seniors do not. And that can be supported better. That can be enhanced. I used to have osteoporosis. I don't have it anymore. And I've fallen several times. So and I haven't broken anything but my nose, and that's because I did a face plant. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. 
So it's uh, funny you mention that because I fell like a, a week and a half ago and I fell really hard. I was out walking and I m- moved over on the sidewalk to let someone pass because of COVID. You know, you don't want to be too close. And I went over the edge and went down really hard. So I twisted my right ankle and I banged up my left knee really badly, but I didn't break anything. And I'm 70. I didn't break anything, which is kind of a miracle because I have two daughters that fell in their 30s and both of them broke their ankles. I didn't break anything. So I guess I'm doing something right. It's That's one of the reasons it's so important to have good bone health. And you can tell about bone health through your teeth. If you're starting to have a lot of cavities and dental work done, you better check your bone strength because these are bones. Ah, there you go. So they're like the canary in the coal mine. If you're having tooth problems, you're probably having bone problems. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah, so then you need to check your bones. Have a bone density test done, which I think they're kind of making that standard now that they do do bone density tests as part of when? You should, because of the way people are eating and doing things today, I would suggest asking your doctor in your 40s and they don't okay they don't usually ask till your 50s i fell coming downstairs when we lived in hawaii in the early 2000s and i ended up breaking a bone in the foot that went to the little toe oh the doctors i was trying to remember how old i was i was over 50 at the time Mm-hmm. And it wasn't healing as well as the doctors thought it should, but nobody ever did a bone density test until I said, well, why aren't you doing one? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's not healing. There is a problem. And I had had a bunch of dental work for the first time in my life just before we moved to Hawaii. And I didn't know bones were teeth at the time. And I didn't know the canary in the coal mine. Recently, more, more recently discovered. So that was my indication, but I didn't know it. So that's really good advice then. Pay attention to your teeth. If you're having issues, then maybe go to your family doctor and ask for a bone density. Now, yep. I had bone density done really early because I went through a very early menopause. So I was completely done by 42. So they did do bone density for me in my 40s because of that. And I was having some issues, so we were able to work on it. So, um, so yeah, if you're, depending on your, I guess, your family history, you should maybe, a lot more people should have bone densities in their 40s. And it has to do with with all sorts of things that doctors often tell you to take just calcium. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not just calcium, it's a whole range of minerals that need to go into your bones. Calcium and magnesium are two of the staples, but you also have boron and all these others that need to be in the mix. And if you just take calcium, you can get too much calcium. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Life, life is all about balance. Yes, absolutely. And balance and alignment. Alignment is very important as we age because if your posture is not good, it, like you said, it will affect how you feel and how you move and everything else. Oh, it does. And it, if, if you're hunched over, like with, with osteoporosis, because mm-hmm. what, what the spine does is it crumbles from the inside. Oh, so you, you move so, forward. Right. Yes. So you see all these hunched seniors, and that's quite often what that is. It isn't always what it is. It could be just poor posture, 
but that bind with the bone. And what that does, as you curl forward, it can compacts all your lungs, your heart, and they can't function like they used to because they're cramped. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. So not breathing as deeply. You're not your heart. Everything is everything's messed up. Yes, everything's affected. And I think doctors kind of they're always looking for symptoms and they just want to fix that one symptom. But a lot of things are interrelated. So you can't just go after one symptom. You've got to look at the whole picture. And I think we're getting better at that, but we need to make a lot more improvements. Oh, that's why I also talk about nutrient depletion through the drugs that we take. And that includes just little old aspirin. Right. There are four nutrients that are taken out just by aspirin. If you're taking four or five, what do you what have you got? And then if you're eating the standard American diet, you're getting even less. And then because we're seniors, we don't digest as well. So right. we're getting even less. Yes. And is it a wonder we go downhill? <laughs> so true. So true. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea about the aspirin, even like a baby aspirin every day that a lot of people take as seniors. That helps deplete nutrients. Yep. Wow. Wow. Let me get it what it is because it's vitamin C, folic acid, iron, and potassium. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm always a little low in iron, so that's not good. I've been most of my life, I'm always like very borderline with iron. <laughs> so, but I don't take an aspirin. It's funny because I kind of started taking one on my own because everyone I knew was taking one. I thought I'm 70 now, but then I went to have dental work done and I was bleeding like crazy. So obviously I don't need to thin my blood. It was already thin enough. And so I stopped taking the baby aspirin. So bad gums. And if it's bad gums, then you need a lot more vitamin C. Yeah. (laughs) I, I do need more vitamin C because and, and one of the ways you can tell you need vitamin C, I try and take as much as I can, but every now and then I'll get a little ulcer on the side of my tongue. That's a big indication that I'm, I'm too low. That that's an indication of low vitamin C. So at least I know that much. And then I start pumping it in again. I'm not as consistent with taking what I need every day. I I'm very inconsistent, but it's, as you can see, it's important to be consistent. And that will remind me every now and then, oh, you're low in vitamin C. So you need to pump that up. But yeah, I mean, there's so much we need to know about nutrition that we're not taught. And it's hard to be aware of everything that's out there. It really is. We try and do our best, but there's a lot of information and it's hard to know which is good information and which isn't. And and you need to replenish these nutrients that are being sucked out every day or else you do what I call it is robbing Peter to pay Paul and Peter never gets paid back. (laughs) And so (laughs) you may fix one piece of you, but it's sucking the life out of other parts. Right, right. So then something else goes wrong and you take another drug, which sucks other things, and then you're hurting another part and it just is a vicious circle. Yes which I am very good. I don't take any drugs right now. So I've been told to take certain ones and I say, no, I'm not doing it. Like cholesterol medication, I'm borderline high, but I don't have heart disease in my family. So I'm like, everything else is good. And my good cholesterol is high. So that kind of 
counter indicates that maybe I don't need a cholesterol medication. And I know cholesterol medication can be harmful. So I, I just choose not to take it, but they keep suggesting it and I keep saying no. So right now I'm not on anything. So I have family members that need high blood pressure medication, but I don't even need that. So. Well, the statins take out CoQ10. Yes. And CoQ10 is the spark plug of the heart. Ah. So, so there you go right there. When we were in Hawaii, I didn't go back to the mainland for Christmas. And my my parents sent me a family photo of the Christmas thing, right? Mm-hmm. And here my normally sparkly-eyed dad looking like he died. Mm-hmm. He's just wow. hanging this and I said mom what is wrong with dad and she goes that's his cholesterol medicine I said why are you have why do you have him on that you already know what that does get him off and get him off now right and then heart came back everything came back wow see that and everyone just thinks that they if the doctor suggests it just take it you need to do your own research don't always just take the advice of a doctor. Do your own research. And they found also that cholesterol-lowering medication can cause diabetes. So then that's a now you're taking more drugs. It's not a good thing. It really isn't. So I try not to take anything. And those kind of things, they're, they want you to take it as being proactive. But like you say, in effect, it just might make your health worse, not better. So... My idea is take nothing unless it's absolutely, absolutely necessary. And there are some things that are necessary. So I'm not going to say no drugs, but just be cautious. Now, if you take cholesterol-lowering drugs, opposite of that, and I mean by several hours, take the CoQ10. Mm -hmm. Because let that pill suck out the CoQ10 it's going to and then replace it. There you go. There you go. So you just have to know. But again, doctors aren't trained in nutrition, so they don't know to tell us that. They There's so many things they don't know to tell us, and we assume they know. They really don't know about nutrition, so that's kind of up to us to find out what's important to know. We need to be proactive ourselves and be our own advocate. Do your own research. When I was diagnosed with cancer, the first thing I did was also go to a nutritionist that dealt with cancer patients. So while I was having chemo done, I also was taking all of the vitamins and minerals and the things that she said I should be taking. And it was specific for the cancer I had. So there are doctors out there that are nutritionists and that's what they do. For whatever cancer you have and whatever chemo you're having, they will give you specific things you should be taking to counteract that. And I walked away with no side effects. Now, I know a lot of people come out of chemo and they have a lot of nerve damage, their feet, they they really hurt because of the nerve damage and they have a lot of problems. And I really didn't. I walked away with no side effects, but I was proactive going in. I knew there could be side effects. And I said, what can I do to counterbalance that? So now I'm fine. I, I don't have anything to worry about. So... I think we need to be our own advocates and we need to do our own research and you can't depend on your doctor to know everything because they can't, there's too much out there. And also not in a five minute visit, which is about all they give you these days. (laughs) Exactly. It's so true. (laughs) 
So, you know, like I, I had to ask for my own bone density. And quite frankly, I've had to ask for almost every one since because they, 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 for whatever reason, until I hit this doctor I have now, we, they just didn't ask. Yeah. I, I go, what, what is that? I'm over 50. I'm over 60. I'm over 70. What is the problem? Exactly. You know? And if you're over 60 and you haven't had one, you really should be asking your doctor to do one. And normally, the I think my gynecologist is the one that ordered my first one. But, you know, after a certain point, you're not going to the gynecologist as much. So then ask your family doctor to do it. You need to, if you're in your 60s and you haven't had one done, you need a baseline so that they can tell whether it's going up or down. So it's an important thing to ask for. And realize also that our digestive systems are not what they once were. Yes. We ha- we're low on acid. We're low on enzymes. We're low on just about everything that helps us digest and take nutrients from our foods. What I do is I take systemic enzymes. They are actually because they're systemic enzymes, and even though many of them are digestive enzymes, because of the lead enzyme, they go in the body rather than the digestion at first. Oh. And they repair things in the body. And then if there's any left, they go through the digestion and help digest because they're protein eating is what they are. They're proteolytic enzymes, which they'll also eat uh, scar tissue, excess scar tissue out of the body. And as we age, that's what kills us if nothing else does. They'll eat scar tissue. Wow, I've never heard of that before. Scar tissue. Some people just make more scar tissue than anybody needs. Right. Right. Uh, and I've had a few clients like that. And it's so sad. They just end up with lumps if they get any kind of surgery. Mm-hmm. They get all lumpy. And then they have to go in for more surgery to get out the excess scar tissue. And it gets worse and worse and worse instead of better. Right. Because they keep disturbing the process. And so, yeah, s- systemic enzymes are really, really great. They take down inflammation and inflammation is what builds scar tissue. And like I said, scar tissue is what will kill you because what it does is as we age, it grows into our bloodstream and causes clots and things. It also grows into our organs and shrinks them so they cannot function at some point. Oh, interesting. And that's something you never hear doctors tell us about. I've never had a doctor mention that ever. Even when I've had surgeries, they don't say anything about it. So interesting. Wow. Well, that's a really good bit of advice for our boomer nation to really pay attention. And, and, you know, I think this whole thing is we have to be our own advocate. And if you're sick, if you are sick, you need to have a family member as your advocate because you're not going to be thinking clearly. Like while I was going through chemo, my daughter, my oldest daughter was my advocate and she came with me because you're you're foggy. You're not thinking clearly. So you need another family member as your advocate. You need that four sets of ears to listen in so that you understand what they're saying because you're hearing it on an emotional level, whereas they can pay attention on a whole nother level. So we do need advocates other than ourselves when we're sick. But when you're not sick, or, you know, when you, you're just not feeling wonderful, you can, you can still advocate for yourself, I believe, and you can do your research. But if you're really sick and you're really, you're, you've got brain fog, then you need a family member to help advocate for you. 
go to the doctors with you, listen into what they say. All of that's very important. And, you know, husbands should go for the wives, wives should go for the husbands. But if you, if your husband's not a good advocate, then take one of your kids or, or a friend or somebody else and vice versa. If the wife's not a good advocate for the husband, which sometimes we're not, then get somebody else. You need an, a good advocate. And hopefully you're it while you're yes you're sane and together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I had to advocate for myself. A doctor many, many years ago gave me ulcer medication for what he decided was an ulcer, but he never tested me for it. Oh my I, took gosh. I went and got the medication. I took it home and I researched it. Uh-huh. And it turned out it gave you the same symptoms as if you, as if you had an ulcer. So I went back to his office and almost threw them in his face. And I said, if you don't know that I have an ulcer because you didn't test me for an ulcer, why right. would you give me something that would make you think I had an ulcer? <laughs> oh, my God. But again, they don't have the time to know what all this medication does and means. And and again, if you want to advocate for yourself when you get a new medication, open up those little paper inserts and read it. You might be shocked by what you read, but you know, we need to be aware of what they can do and and work it, you know, work with it if you have to, like with uh, medication for your cholesterol, you know that you need to take CoQ10. So maybe there's something you can do to help it work better and not against you. So be aware. We just need to be aware. And again, P Peter is being robbed to pay Paul. And so That's you have to feed Peter back what Peter needs in order to survive. That's true. That's true. Killing Peter. <laughs> yes, that's not going to help. You know, and we want to be... Baby boomers, we, I think, expect to live to 80, 90, or 100, but we want to be healthy and alert and enjoy those years. It, what good are they if you don't? <laughs> I, I've exactly. seen a lot of people who were pretty much in misery for their last years. And right. to me, that's so sad. It, it, it doesn't have to be in many cases. It, now, obviously, there are going to be some cases, well, you can't do much about it because we're, we're just not at a place scientifically where we know what to do with some things. But, if, but there's so many things that can be avoided, like with these walkers and canes and the, and the disfigurement that comes along with that if you're not. And, and the medications, if you know what to take to replace what's being stolen so that you can avoid some of the side effects and so you can keep Peter safe. <laughs> Right, right, exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh! One of the things is you really need as you age to get more liquid vitamins too. Ah, oh, okay, because they go in your system faster and better. Straight into the bloodstream, they go straight right. through the stomach or the tongue, wherever you are, wherever it's supposed to go, and right. it goes straight to the system without having to be broken down and digested. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And the other major problem that we will have as we age, and many of us boomers are taking care of elderly parents. So the big thing you've got to be aware of is keeping hydrated because a lot of seniors die from dehydration. They just, and that's exactly what killed them, dehydration, because you lose your feeling of being thirsty. So you just don't want to drink. You don't think you're thirsty. So we're not drinking enough. And I can feel it even now that I don't feel thirsty enough. So 
10, 20 years from now, it's going to be even worse. So you have to make that effort to make sure you stay hydrated. That too. Yep. yep. There's so many things that you really have to think about as you age. Yep. Also with posture, by the way, I forgot to even mention this. It just dawned on me. Make sure that your feet are properly supported. Yes. Because if your feet aren't supported, then your whole foundation is off and you're going to be screwed up anyway. Correct. Correct. So, and go to a podiatrist once a year, you know, go and have them take a look at your feet, especially diabetics are supposed to go to a podiatrist every year. They don't always do it. And I remember my father was in a home before he died. He was in it for like 10 years. In the beginning, it was great because he was with regular population, but then he got dementia. So then he was up on the third floor, which wasn't so nice, but they weren't looking at his feet. And one day I went in and his toenails were so long. I went, oh my God. And that you can't even put on your shoes after a while because the toenails were so long. And I'm like, why didn't you let us know to take them to a podiatrist or, or to cut them ourselves? Why didn't you tell us that? But again, it's something that they're just busy with other stuff and they're not doing. So as a family member, we have to be aware. We should be taking their shoes and socks off once in a while and looking at their feet because you can tell a lot by people's feet. Well, that comes into another story. <laughs> My father is a bit odd. And he was over there. This was several, well, many years ago now. And his father had become kind of a hoarder especially of cases of food and other odd things. And he had cases of like soda and things like Twinkies and garbage anyway. Right. And my son was over there one day and he's going, what, what smells? It was his father's foot rotting in his shoe. See, I know we really, doctors should always be looking at our feet as we age. You should never do a whole physical without taking the shoes and the socks off and looking at the patient's feet. Because when you're diabetic, especially the problems will show there first, but for anybody, things will show up that, yeah, you need to be aware of. So, and, and I think when we go and visit our elderly parents or aunts and uncles and all, we don't think of that. We just don't think of it. But yeah, and especially if they're living alone, we're assuming they're well taken care of and they're okay. But we can't assume anything. We really can't. We need to keep an eye out for them. And this is a one way to do that. Uh, he hasn't been back in his home since. He's been yeah. in a nursing home ever since because he had his foot taken off. Oh, wow. More recently, he had the opposite half leg taken off. Right. He's diabetic. And so... It, it's really sad. That's one of the things you asked me earlier and I never got to about why I like massage and what it does for seniors. Mm-hmm. I get to see the body. Doctors do not see it. I get to see it. Yes. Even if I do somebody fully clothed, I can often feel things that I'll say, okay, can I look? Right. And then I'll look at it and see what I'm feeling. But yeah, and I my profession is one of the only professions where we actually spend time with the body. Yes. Yes. I can find moles that I have found moles that were growing that needed to go see a doctor. And I uh, told them, you see the, there's something wrong here. Go see it. Right. Uh, there are things that I see that I can tell people this is, this doesn't look good. Another right. thing 
that you have to be careful of. If you do have a therapist, make sure they understand and you understand that if you have a deep ache in your calf, that could be indicative of a blood clot. Don't let them touch that leg and self to a doctor to check it, make sure it's not a blood clot or if it is, take care of it because we can loose them. If you get somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, they can loose them, but you need to tell them, I've got a very deep ache in this leg. Right. And if, if you know that, then don't even get a massage at that point in time. Go straight to your doctor. Right, right. And see, that's another thing that we might not necessarily be thinking of because we think it's just, oh, I'm getting older. That's all it is. It's an ache. It's a pain. But there are certain aches and pains that mean something. So the more we're aware of that, then you can watch out for it. So that's what my book is all about. Awareness. Be aware of these things because people aren't. I had a very tall Parkinson's client who was already stooped, already having a lot of trouble walking, all that stuff. And he would sit in this little tiny recliner. His knees were (laughs) way up here, you know, except that he would pull them over. And so he was twisting. Oh, and the lamp was low. So he would twist even further to read. And I kept telling caregivers, please do something. Get some risers for that chair. Get a new chair that's taller. He's a tall man <laughs> and until the end of his life. And to me, that's really sad because it was avoidable. Again, another avoidable. If anybody had just right. first seen it and then paid attention to what I was trying to tell them. Right, right. And you know what? You were mentioning a little bit earlier that you got a review of your book. And I'd like you to read that on air because it really was a really good review. And that will tell my audience how if they are involved in the care of elderly, they really need your book because it will help a lot. Even if they're not doing massage, it sounds like they'll become more aware of things that they should be looking for, even if they're not doing massage. So read the review and, and then we'll go on from there. Okay, this is uh, Dr. Cynthia Hickman, and she had asked for a PDF copy of my book, and I asked her to do a review of it, which she is going to put on Amazon. I don't think she has yet, but this came in, I think I just got it this morning. She says, well, Linda, I think you did a fantastic job with your book. You do not need my input. It was easy to read and impressive focusing on the whole person. I think this approach should be standard. Mind, body, and spirit are not islands. Thanks for sharing this with me. And she's a PhD, RN, MSM, MSN, ed, undergraduate nursing professor, community and nutritional health practitioner, National Society of Leadership and Success Scholar. Wow. Wow. That's great. So that does say it all, doesn't it? Yep. I didn't know her from Adam. I still don't really. I found her on LinkedIn and we we connected. I have over 5,000 connections on LinkedIn and I have found them. Every once in a while, I find a jewel in those. Mm -hmm. And she was one. She didn't have to look at my book. She could have ignored me like most people do. Right, right. (laughs) I wanted to see a copy of it. So there, there you go. 
There you go. So I think there's sounds like there's a lot of important information in that book. Even if you're just a caregiver, you're, you don't do massage, but you're a caregiver. There will be nuggets of wisdom in there, things for you to look out for, things to be aware of, because no one else is giving us that information. They're really not. They're not telling us if we're taking care of elderly parents, what to be aware of, what to watch out for. Nobody's telling us. So it sounds like this will be really, really helpful. I'm hoping so. I I wrote it because I hadn't seen anything in the massage field that was actually written on a more normal level. That was all (laughs) jargon and, you know, muscles and all that. And I wanted to caregivers as well. So I wrote it so that it could it simply so that it could be understood by a lot large, diverse audience. Right. And that was something I have never seen done in the massage field. That's so you but did I, it. I did yeah. it. People go, well, is there a book like yours? I'm like, not that I'm aware of. That's why I wrote it. <laughs> right. I think a lot of authors are doing that. I talked to another children's author a couple of weeks ago. And when she wrote her first book, she was looking for something that would help children deal with grief. And way back 20, 25 years ago, there wasn't anything on a children's level. Like if a grandparent died, how do you deal with it? So she started writing, she wrote a book for that. Then she started writing other books and, you know, but there was a void there that she filled. So that's great. You're filling a void. And the other thing about elderly, I just went to visit my elderly aunt uh, last weekend and she's 94, going to be 95 this summer. She does have dementia. She's living with her her daughter, but I went to see her and she was so thrilled to see me. She did remember my name, which I was surprised. I wasn't sure. And she wanted to hold my hands. So we were holding hands the whole afternoon in between eating lunch and all we would hold hands. They need that touch, that touch that a lot of times they're not getting. I think when we visit elderly, we're not holding their hands and touching them and maybe stroking their arm and that physical touch does them a lot of good. It really does. So just like massage can, even us as caregivers, we don't have to massage them, but stroke their arms, hold their hands, maybe touch their head, do things that give them that personal touch. It's very, very important. We, We actually exchange energy when we touch people. When you're isolated, now I've been isolated most of this pandemic myself, but I have two dogs. I only had one during most of the pandemic. I just got another one last week. (laughs) That was to keep my other one happy because I have to go now every once in a while and actually work again. (laughs) Right, right. So they need need playmates. Yep. He definitely needed one because he's a real crybaby when I go now that he's had me for a year. And he just gets all wacky. So now I got him a little girlfriend to uh, keep him happy. Uh, But yeah, uh, touch is very important. In fact, it's very important to my dog because he started limping the other day. Mm. I just put him on his back in between my legs and worked on his leg and the whole shoulder area and everything. And then he went to sleep. When he got up, he didn't have a problem again. See, how about that? Wow. I didn't know if that was going to work or not. I'm not a dog masseuse, but (laughs) it was worth a shot, right? Worth a shot. And he does have some issues. So I figured that was just a part of one of the older issues because he's got a back that goes out every once in a while and he 
He's uh-huh. been so bad he can't move. So I, I do a lot of my practice during the time off was to massage that little tiny body. There you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect. The massage breaks up scar tissue that we were talking about. Right. So have knee, hip, whatever type surgery. Uh-huh. Wait just a while, and then we can start working on that and breaking it down, helping you break it down, helping you move if it's a knee or something like that. Right. And so we break up scar tissue. We get uh, blood moving again through parts. One of the things that happens is blood grows inside your blood vessels, which is mm-hmm. why you trap clots, just trap various things that go through the blood and make them into a clot like a spider web inside the vein and all that can be broken up a little bit. The enzymes I I was talking about earlier, break up the scar tissue so that blood flows, but in the little tiny veins of the hands, the feet, the ears, the the external, not external extremities. (laughs) They get shut out basically of circulation as we age. That's why we get really cold hands, really cold feet, things like that, because of all the blood vessels, those are the tiniest, so they can get scarred over the quickest. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yep. So you get less and less blood flow to the extremity. And the blood flow brings you oxygen. It brings you nutrients. So those areas start to die sort of if they don't get all that. Oh, there you go. Massage can really help that. Mm -hmm. It can help some of the nerve problems you were talking about too, but not it. I have a CBD product that's a massage oil that I use with my clients if they are okay with it. Mm -hmm. And that can also help with Ah. the Blood flow because it eases things and works on the nerves some. One of the things I found that's really good for, and this, anybody who's got any age on them will recognize this. <laughs> when you're, like here in, in Southern California, we get the Santa Ana winds. Mm-hmm. And it dries out the atmosphere, just something fierce. And like right now, we don't have that. So I'm feeling fine. But when those winds come through, my skin gets so itchy. Oh, wow. And I put on tons of oil and I get nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just wow. feels like it's in oil, but it doesn't do any good. The CBD oil that I use on my clients, I, I eventually used on my legs. It let me sleep. It took the itch away. It was marvelous. <laughs> wow. See that? And I think we are learning a lot more about CBD oil. It can be used for many different ailments and it's finally coming out there, which is fabulous. So yeah, it's about time, right? It's about time. You know, I've had over the years, clients in in retirement homes that have paid me for nothing more than putting oil on them. I mean, I'll give them massage to go with it, but they're paying me because nobody's putting oil on them. Right. And they've got dry, dry skin. Yeah. So when, when somebody tells me they're paying me to do that, I'm going, well, you're going to get a massage too. <laughs> but, exactly. That's really sad. Yeah. Because they need a humidifier to humidify the air so that they're not so dry and they need the oil put all over them, not just you know, right. on their hands or whatever. 
And it protects so, your skin because your skin gets real thin and very, yeah. uh, if you're, if you don't oil it and you don't keep creams on it, it can start breaking up. Yeah. It's important. There's so much. There's so much. I guess we're going to have to do this again in a couple of months because there is a lot to cover. We covered a lot today. So I think we've given our boomers a lot to think about for themselves and their parents and, and people older than them that they can help. So, but, and all it is, is becoming aware. Once you're aware, then you know what to look for. You know what to do. So I'm going to give you the book. That's what yep. it looks like. The Spirit Method, and I will have her book cover and the back flap underneath my show notes, and I'll have the Amazon link so you can link right to the book to buy it on Amazon. And at first, I thought it was really only for people doing massage, but it's really not. It's a really good resource for any caregiver. So I'll have to get a copy for my cousin because she's taking care of her mother, who's going to be 95 this summer, So, and she's coming up with a lot of those issues. So yeah, it's going to be a, an important resource. So I will definitely have all those links and I'll have Linda's website link in the show notes. So they'll be able to find it. You don't have to write it down if you're out walking or exercising or doing something else while you're listening, which is generally when I listen to my podcast is when I'm out walking or I'm doing laundry or something like that. So uh, it'll be in the show notes. You can just go to kickassboomers.com and Linda will be number episode number 33. You click on her picture, all the show notes will come up. So you'll have all the resources you need. So, And on my website, you'll have a way to contact me too if you want to ask a question or whatever. Great. Great. I love that. So thank you, Linda, for being my guest today. I think you've given my boomers a lot to think about and a lot of new things to consider. So I'm really happy about that. And I think they're going to enjoy the episode. So thank you so much for being my guest. You're quite welcome, Jerry. Thanks so much. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.